came a long way. That's what the song say. And I could do all things. I could do all things. Yeah, I could do all things. Yeah, yeah. We came a long way. That's what the song say. And I could do all Hey, what's up? What's going on? And welcome to the Be Real Podcast, where we keep it real on social issues, history, news, faith, and everything in between. It's your one-stop podcast with thought-provoking talk and real content. Now, it's time to get real with your host, Brandon Mosley. You already know I'm going to tell you. Swag it out. Uh, I can do all things. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's what the songs say. Uh, I can do all things. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's what the songs say. I can do all things. Yeah, yeah. What is going on? Thank you, thank you, thank you once again for tuning in. I truly appreciate you. Um, so season two, and we have another special election or the 2020 decision episode. I call this the four pack. Um, we've had one on voting fraud on uh, voting suppression, and we had a, a sit down with a local um, Democrat who's doing a lot of great work. I'm in a Democratic Party in California, Southern California, to be exact. So this episode is going to be actually about the election. And we actually had to uh, record this episode the Friday um, afternoon before this happened. After four long, tense days, we've reached a historic moment in this election. We can now project the winner of the presidential race. CNN projects Joseph R. Biden Jr. is elected the 46th president of the United States, winning the White House and denying President Trump a second term. We're able to make this projection because CNN projects Biden wins Pennsylvania. The former vice president in his third run for the highest office, pulling off a rare defeat of a sitting commander in chief. With this victory, Kamala Harris is set to become the first woman and the first person of color to be the vice president. Again, CNN projects Joe Biden will become the 46th president of the United States. And Jake, he is now president-elect Joe Biden. Did you hear that, President Trump? Not Sleepy Joe. No, 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 no. Smokey Joe will be the next president, president-elect. So, I got to witness that uh, was that Saturday morning, of course. And we already did the interview. When I say we, I have someone on the interview with me, a really good friend by uh, Christopher Ely. And we, we talked about the election. We've already, we already knew at that point it was over. Um, but it, it, it's, uh, it's crazy how long it, it was dragged out, but we understand mail-in votes and, trying to make sure you get it right. And also, since you have someone in the White House that's not going to easily accept um, defeat, you have to kind of make it make, you have to make it very clear and, and very plain for that person. Um, but yeah, just like you, I was glued to my TV, um, my CNN, I was checking Fox News on my phone, just seeing what they would say. And, and you know, which... Uh, states what they call earlier or than CNN like they did Arizona. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, 
it's crazy. It was celebrations just on the streets everywhere in the middle of pandemic. I wouldn't have done that, but hey, you know, most of the people had masks on. Um, in every major city in America, there was a celebration. You had celebrations also um, in Europe, you know, from France to Ireland to Great Britain. I mean, the list goes on. And seems like not only a you know, seven, almost 75 million people in America are happy, but millions across the world as well. So it's something to think about. Um, so this 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 discussion that we will have will be centered around why Joe Biden is now our president. Kamala Harrison is now our vice president. But before we get into that, I got to give you guys a story. So I'm going to take it back to when Obama, um, the Obama election. And I already told you guys a story about me voting. It was close to the home. But when I found out he won, I, unfortunately, I wasn't at home watching CNN like I, I, I would I would have uh preferred i had a class it was one of my public administration courses um dealing with like finances and um you know public spending and public projects and stuff like that i remember i was working on a project about a speed train from this is 08 so this is before most people were talking about speed trains or whatever um to to vegas from california and I was doing the calculations on how much it would cost and what it would do for Southern California or California whole and, and Nevada and stuff like that. And no one in class wanted to be there. Okay. No one could we felt it, it coming because we were waiting for the polls to close in California and we're sitting in the middle class in California. Just with like, man, the polls about to close. We, we've been talking about it all day in all my political science classes um, we're getting ready to just hear it. Um, and the professor was like, well, you know, let's just, you know, try to, if you want to leave, that's up to you. But, you know, I prefer you stay and do your work or, you know, work together or I have a quick lecture as well. You gotta, you gotta. So I keep checking my phone and, um, I had like a, I think I want to say like, it was 08. So I had like a like this phone called a blackjack. So it was like a, almost like a, it was a smartphone for that time. It was like a Blackberry almost, but it was a blackjack. Yeah. It was, it was cool though. It was cool. I had a little, you know, I had movies downloaded on there on the chip that I had someone do for me. So I, you know, I felt pretty good about it. Anyways, I'm checking CNN website. You know, the mobile website wasn't as crisp as it is today, of course. And I keep, keep refreshing, keep refreshing. Then it finally came through that Obama, President-elect Barack Obama. I got up out of my seat and just, I didn't scream, but I was like, yes, right? And everyone was like, what's going on? What's going on? I said, Obama just won, y'all, right? And the whole class started clapping, um, going crazy. I ran outside. I called uh, my mother, and then I called my grandmother. And my grandmother today, she's 91 years old, so um, grew up in Georgia um, and spent her later adolescent years in Florida because by her estimate, Georgia was too racist, right? And I cried with her. We cried together. She said, I never thought I would see a black man in that position in America my whole life. 
So, you know, at this point, she was in her what, early 80s, um, born 1929. So if you know history, you know what she's seen and what she's been through. So it's just amazing, you know, to share that moment with my grandmother, um, for her to be a part of it. I mean, this is the same woman who, uh, who was a, a Demo- lifelong Democrat, uh, voted for, for Kennedy, did not vote for Reagan. Um, she didn't, she didn't change her, her vote like many, uh, Democrats did in the eighties. Um, so a, a solid black woman that's been a Democrat her whole life since she, you know, and, and that, that's the story of this election as well. Like black women coming through like with strength from, from leading the campaign, right. From being second in command in the campaign, from reporting on the campaign and from driving the vote, voting registrations up. And the crazy thing is the state that my grandmother had to leave or wanted to leave because racism was so heavy is a state that is about to turn blue. Man, I'm <sighs> insane, right? So with that being said, I have an amazing interview with, um, or not interview, more of a conversation with Chris Ely. Uh, I've known him for quite some time. Uh, we were classmates at Cal State Dominguez Hills, both poli sci majors. So go ahead and uh, listen up and enjoy this conversation, y'all. Hey guys, this is another great uh, episode with an amazing guest. I have a friend here that I've known since college. I'm going to let him introduce himself a little bit. Go ahead, sir. Let him know who you are. Let the people know. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, My name is Christopher Ely. I teach uh, political science for the Los Angeles Community College District and the Ventura Community College District. So he's a... uh... He's a teacher like me, and uh, he gets the guys, the kids, uh, students right after I get them. They get a little um, government with me, then they, they move right into uh, Professor Ely, all right? Um, I've known uh, Ely since college, so I think we go back, what was it, like 08 maybe when we met? Yeah, oh, I think so. It was like right when Right when the uh, major, you start really getting, picking up your poli-sci. I was a double major, so I had two set of friends. I had a set of friends just for poli-sci and a set of friends for public administration. Never intermingled, though. We always kept it separate. <laughs> so a day of graduation. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. No, it's funny because that's what my master's degree is in, is in public administration. Yeah. And that's what it, it it goes perfectly hand in hand. And um, the crazy thing is when, when I graduated, I had to decide which it was the same day. The graduation was on the same day, same time. But I had to decide where I was going to sit. I ended up sitting in the poli sci uh, side because, you know, I'm political science by heart. Uh, but, yeah, um, so we we got some interesting things to talk about, Ely. And um, this election, man, it's um, for political scientists like us. It's, you know, we, we know the history of a bunch of different elections. We know what happens and what's going on and, and, and what's happening right now. And I think we both agreed that um, Biden had it. You know, there was no, uh, 
debate for any of us. I I didn't I don't have any fear about it now. Definitely not now. We're talking Friday afternoon. It's over. Um, or on the night of the election, right? Um, right. But something happened, and I, I want to kind of explain to the listeners, and maybe you can chime in. The president's original plan was to, and I talked about this in my last episode, that he was all about telling people a voting fraud in the mail is all bad. Don't do it. Don't do it. My last episode, I already told people, like, you're more likely to get hit by lightning five times over than to have widespread um, fraud in in terms of voting by the mail. So he had all his people, you know, go to the ballot box on the day of the election, and he kept pushing and suing different states to prevent them from actually and having his cronies to prevent them from counting the votes earlier. And that's why right now we see all these mail-in votes coming in, counting in after the fact. Um, so what do you think about that plan? Why, like, why do you think he did that? Um, just because he's politically erratic. Uh, <laughs> that's the, the only explanation I can give. Um, yeah. <laughs> like the guy is not a, he's not a politician and that was what attracted people to him. But theoretically it, it's, it's backfiring. Yeah. I mean, I think also like a big thing to think about is that he, he had a plan that if election night I'm, I'm ahead, I'm going to say I won. And the only way I can make sure I'm ahead on election night is making sure in those key states, they don't vote though. They don't count those mail-in ballots. Then I'm going to hopefully, I think in his mind, he's so like, how can I say it? Privilege is just like so, white privilege is so in essence of who he is that he really felt like I'm Donald Trump and I'm going to tell him to stop counting the vote. So I'm just going to make sure I win that night. Then just keep telling them, you know, save face and say they cheated. They cheated. Just like, you know, when a kid, when they lose, they, they blame, <laughs> excuse me, they blame you and say you cheated. That's not the case. Right, what do you yeah. think about that? I, th- I think you're right. Um, I also think that if, if more senators had lost um, their seats, he'd be taking this a little bit easier. I think what is uh, irking him so much, just from what I read in Mary Trump's book, um, what I've read um, in, like from Scaramucci and people like that, um, this guy is losing and he's losing by himself. He's not taking anybody else down with him at the moment, at least. Um, and that's, and, and, you know, I think um, what, you know, the fact that he's the leader of the sycophants and minions that he's created, um, cultivated, not created, that's the wrong word, but kind of cultivated um, in Washington, D.C., and all of them won, and he lost. And it's just, this is hard for him. To, this is a hard pill for him to swallow. And like you said, yes, yeah, he's acting like a kid. Um, I don't think that the public gave Joe Biden the credit that he should have gotten from the very, very beginning. Joe Biden is a seasoned politician. This is what he does for a living. He knows how to run office he, he respects the art of politics. He, respect, he respects the science of politics. Jo, uh, Donald Trump does not. And um, I, I believe on social media, I compared it to 
when um, the um, Orlando Magic in 95 went up against um, Hakeem Olajuwon's Houston Rockets um, and just got completely owned and destroyed. Uh, it, it, you, you could get lucky against a flawed candidate such as Hillary Clinton, who had a lot of strikes going against her. Joe Biden is just not that. Yeah, it's like like going back to Orlando Magic. They played against the Bulls with a Jordan that just came back. So you got lucky. Yeah. You know, and Hillary, <laughs> Hillary wasn't ready for that type of smoke. She didn't realize. I think as we looking back, we know 2016, she didn't campaign in places she needed to campaign. She didn't build that energy. She didn't go after the vote like she needed to. And she just thought, hey, they everyone who came out for, for Obama is going to come out for me. Those 69 million people are going to come out for me. Like, nah. Right, yeah. And historically speaking, I've worked on several political campaigns, um, and some of them we've won and some of them we lost. Um, and when you lose a political campaign, it kind of builds character a little bit, right? It's, it's one of those situations where you look at the things that you did wrong, you pick it apart, and you either get into the same fight just a little bit differently or you find a different avenue to go about whatever goal you're trying to set. Um, Donald Trump is only is a selfish individual. He's only in it for, for himself. Um, and he, he just got completely and totally owned. You know what I'm saying? He's, he should be happy uh, that as many of those senators won that won. Cause that is a part of his legacy, but he can't look at it like that. You know, he, he, he's, you know, he's, he's selfish. With that being said, it's like with him being selfish, I, I want to kind of talk about like how he's handling it in terms of the things he he's, he's saying. And the Washington post said Biden up 17 points in Wisconsin. And it was basically even they were off by about 17 points. And they knew that they're not stupid people. They knew that suppression. I'm going to let you finish in a second, Trump, but did you say suppression? Did you say people are trying to suppress Republican votes? What? There are now only a few states yet to be decided in the presidential race. Uh, The voting apparatus of those states are run in all cases by Democrats. We were winning in all the key locations by a lot, actually. And then our numbers started miraculously getting whittled away in secret. And uh, they wouldn't allow legally permissible observers. We went to court in a couple of instances and we were able to get the observers put in. And when the observers got there, they wanted them 60, 70 feet away, 80 feet, 100 feet away or outside the building to observe. Real quick, bro just lied again. He's talking about in Michigan and Pennsylvania. That did not happen. There were observers in from both sides and an independent side, and there's cameras. Yeah. People inside the building, and we won a case, a big case, and uh, we have others happening. There are a lot of, lots of litigation, even beyond our litigation. There's tremendous amount of litigation generally because of how unfair this process was, and I predicted that. I've been talking about mail-in voting for long time. It's, uh, it's really destroyed our system. It's a corrupt system. And it makes people corrupt, even if they aren't 
by nature, but they become corrupt. It's too easy. They want to find out how many the votes they need, and then they seem to be able to find them. They wait and wait, and then they find them. And you see that on election night. We were ahead in vote in North Carolina by a lot, tremendous number of votes. And uh, we're still ahead by a lot, but uh, not as many, because they're finding ballots all of a sudden. Oh, we have some mail-in ballots. It's amazing how those mail-in ballots are so one-sided, too. I know that it's supposed to be to the advantage of the Democrats, but in all cases, they're so one-sided. We were up by nearly 700,000 votes in Pennsylvania. I won Pennsylvania by a lot. And uh, that gets whittled down to, I think they said now we're up by 90,000 votes. And they'll keep coming and coming and coming. They find them all over. And they don't want us to have any observers. Although we want a court case. The judge said you have to have observers. Likewise, enjoy, and they're appealing. Actually, they're appealing. Uh, we want a case that we want people to watch, and we want observers. And they're actually appealing, which is sort of interesting. I wonder why that appeal, that all we want to do is have people watch as they do the vote tabulations. Likewise, in Georgia, I but by a lot. he's telling people that this whole thing's a fraud. And to think about the president of the United States literally disparaging the disparaging, I'm sorry, the democratic process, our democracy, our democratic republic, it's unheard of. It's like there's been people who lost close elections and felt bad. Like Nixon lost a close election that some people said there were some things going on and he didn't fight it. Gore, he lost in the in the Supreme Court. He could have tried to blow the whole thing up. He didn't fight it, right? It, it was just after once the decision was made, it is what it is, right? Hillary Clinton, same thing, right? So what what is he like why is he doing this? What do you think? But okay, so it this, this, not only that, everything you just said is 100% true. There have been candidates who literally hated each other. Um and have still accepted defeat, you know. Um I don't think Barry Goldwater um and Lyndon B Johnson were that friendly with each other. They hated each other. But when Goldwater lost, and Goldwater was was the textbook definition of scum, um, he still, you know, was like, hey, man, you won. Donald Trump, he, I, re- I remember watching um, The Dark Knight, which is um, one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and the Joker comes on the scene and all he starts doing is just wreaking havoc and stuff. And then Alfred and Bruce Wayne have a conversation about, you know, the Joker. And then Alfred made the point that some people are just they have no motivation. They are just there to wreck crap. You know what I'm saying? They're just there to wreak havoc and destroy everything they can destroy inside. Um, I, I think I think this guy's a, a megalomaniac. Um, I don't think he's going to graciously concede. Um, he wrecks every, every kind of norm. Um, and um, this is the Republican Party now. That's the most unfortunate thing about this, is it's, you can no longer call it Trumpism. This, this is the Republican Party. This is his party. True. True. Could we could uh, I have a couple follow ups on that. 
it's like with Barry Goldwater, of course, he, he started the ideology of the Republicans of today, that conservative in terms of Christianity, evangelical, and that brought the way for Reagan and, and now Trump. And you look at Trump, Trump is the making of the Tea Party and the, um, and the Freedom Caucus combined. And it's just, it just seems like the left, that means the far right really took over the Republican Party. It's not the Republican Party of, you know, Bush Sr., which was, if you look historically, wasn't a bad president, by the yeah. way. And, and Junior and stuff like that. It's not, it's far, so far removed. Well, you even got Graham on, on Fox News talking about, I'm going to give 500, what was it, 500,000? Yeah, so like 500,000. Yeah, something crazy. I don't know. And, and and he's giving like credence to this argument. Like, why why is he on T? Why is he doing that? Like, what 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 do you think? What what would possess him to get on Fox News? Even after Fox News is actually seemingly trying to do a decent job with the election. Yeah, know, right? with you. Like, like that's yeah. odd. Why is Graham on there talking like that, man? Greasy. Well, see, so this is this is Fox News in a nutshell. In the middle of the day, you're gonna get normal-ish news, normal-ish. Um, Fox and Friends is a lot of bullcrap. The primetime stuff, every one of those, it's, it's political theater. Um, but there's certain lines they can't cross. The only thing that allows them to be called news is that middle-of-the-day block where it's like uh, Neil Cavuto and people like that that are still like right wing, but, but relatively normal people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, the, and what they've done now, cause I've been watching Fox news, the hosts themselves haven't really been co-signing on what Donald Trump is doing, but they've been bringing on guests and politicians to, um, repeat this false narrative that's being, uh, perpetrated by um perpetuated by rather by donald trump i and I, I i'm really kind of almost ashamed of cable news as a whole right now um because i think if this was obama uh or any black guy this election would have been called yesterday there trump trump has absolutely no path to win unless he he pulls some crap out of their his behind what they're gonna what they are doing is riling up the public and milking this moment for rating. Do you do you think also it might be because they're like they're trying to appease those yes those Trump followers? Because it's a different yes. these are different beasts. These ain't these aren't the regular Republicans that that we come accustomed to. These are radi- a lot of them are radical people. Now I'm not saying every Republican is radical, but it's yeah. it's the radical fascist nationalist. Uh, right now it's not it's it's a different vibe now and i feel like they're trying to literally like they're fearful of calling it too early because i i said the same thing this should have been called yesterday like yeah you know you know nevada the nevada clark county's coming through so you know what that means you 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 see what arizona where it's coming from coming from phoenix phoenix both of those areas are democratic areas heavy where Biden was winning 65, 70% of the vote. You see what's happened, what happened to PA, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. There, Philly, yeah. Philly came in 82% going for Biden. And you still had at the time, I think like 10% of the vote let, left. Now I think less than 5% of the vote left. That 5% of the vote is 
thousands beyond thousands beyond thousands of votes for Biden. And he's up right now, what, 15,000 votes right now? It's over. Yes, this this is over. This is this is so, so, so over, man. Trump is is a done deal. And, you know, to, to kind of play these emotional games with uh, the public, when, and it doesn't even matter which side you are on in this situation. It doesn't. Trump, you're, you're giving his people false hope. It's not happening with the Biden people. You're giving them anxiety and stressors that they just do not need right now. Um, (laughs) And it's, it's just, it's interesting to watch. I understand. I get it. I used to work in that news space. I'm, we, we both kind of work in that space now with our podcast, but it's when, when things are over, it's just over. There is no debating math and science there 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 just isn't you know and the crazy thing rick santori uh on cnn was talking about how you know this is similar how you know republicans felt that when the democrats didn't let this let this go no that's not i'm like that's so far removed from the truth hillary clinton didn't go after him and said you know I, I want to go to court. I want to do this. She just took the L and a lot of those losses were a lot closer than his losses right now. So right. it, it makes no sense. Then no, it's not the same. The, the difference is that we have evidence that he dealt with Russia, right? right. To, to get these things, to get these WikiLeaks and things of that, things of that nature. This is something totally different. This is just simply election. Now, when people bring up 2000, this is totally different. The big difference is 2000, the vote was already counted and recounted. He, when I say he, Gore wanted four other places, counties to be counted again. He got those and he wanted additional extension. And that's when Bush came out and said the extension need to be done. Let's go to the Supreme court. This is totally different. He wants to count, recount, stop counting, all at the same time. Well, the, here's the thing with, yeah, and that, that's just so, like, I don't even know what, the, what word to describe it, but it's, okay, so let's take people that have run for president. Mitt Romney, Hillary Clinton, uh, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, whoever. None of those people would want the job if it meant having to do all this crap, they would be like Hillary Clinton. You like you said, she could have made a fuss about the electoral college and the process and how close the votes were and all this other stuff. She did not want to win because she realized she did not have enough of the American people on her. So her thought process was, okay, let's preserve what we have left of democracy and just, you know, concede this because it's not worth it. I mean, I would say that she did walk away saying like, you know, the Electoral College has to be gone because she had enough people in terms of population, but she didn't have enough people in the right states. And um, and speaking of Kerry, uh, he could have made a big fuss when, you know, he, Pennsylvania was really close and they didn't call they didn't call the race until the next day. So, I mean, I mean, there's a lot that could have happened. But with that being said, it's like. Does I don't think he understands what he's doing to, or he doesn't care what he's attempting to do to democracy. Like he does, he he claims that 
his people, they don't really listen to me. I'm just, I didn't say that. There are people out there trying to stop the count in different places like Detroit, like in Philly, right? Then you have people out there in Phoenix screaming out, screaming with weapons and stuff like that. So this is like extremely dangerous. And this is not what a democracy looks like. This is a dictatorship. This is fascist. This is what that looks like. Oh, since I, I really want to stop the count. What are we in Iraq in 1988? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like what's going on? So who can get to him to stop him? You think like, like you, you see, like we, the, the, there's no repudiation, like strong repudiation from strong, powerful Republicans. Like where's McConnell at? You know what I mean? He, he's saying, well, you know, that's not right, but no, you need to step up and say something strong. Yeah. The one thing that I do like about, um, American government is that we do have a lot of it is on like gentlemen's handshakes and stuff like that, like the Constitution. There's a lot of stuff that should be written in the Constitution that isn't, but there are systems put in place to make sure this guy gets out. You know what I'm saying? The the case, I, I seriously, seriously, seriously doubt that this makes it to the Supreme Court. If it if it does, that is going to have some scat- catastrophic consequences. So I don't even think it's going to the Supreme Court. But on top, on top of that, it's one of those situations where you, you – you, I'm trying to think of I'm, – I'm losing my words for it, but it, it's, it's, it's childish and it's just – you know, you – you, you give up the ghost, man. This is it's over. Privilege. Yeah, it's, it's pri- just it's, like he. Yeah, he lives in privilege. Yeah, it's so like weird. A, yeah, well, that's the thing too. He he's used to people telling him things that aren't true about himself. You know what I'm saying? He I don't know how many black people in his orbit used to tell him things like "You're the best president ever for blacks" and stuff like that. And this this gets in his head, and this is what he believes. And anybody who's telling him anything other than that is not telling him the truth. So you get that, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, and it's, and you know, he's, he, you know, he doesn't respect anybody that is not a sycophant for him. And even the sycophants, there's even still, he doesn't respect a lot of them. I don't think he respects anybody that's black. Um, I think I don't what, think he respects anyone. I think the only people he respects is himself and maybe his kids to a certain extent. I mean, definitely doesn't respect any of his wives. We already I mean he's cheated on all of them, right? He has a a, a child out of wedlock. Yes, he has a baby mama, y'all, right? <laughs> so think about that. That's that's like really really unheard of. Someone to to represent the evangelicals so strongly. And saying he's God sent and he beyond flaws, beyond right. flaws and continue to show these flaws. So to, 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 to dig in a little bit deeper, we're talking about Biden and, and, you know, Biden's been in politics forever. He won his, his Senate seat at the age of 29. So the guy has a team, like a strong team. Right. Um, and he looked at some of the mistakes that Hillary made and looked at the positive that being around Obama, he he's, he saw the inner workings of his campaign. And the Republicans even stole a lot of ideas from that campaign, the Obama campaign, to build up what they have going on now. 
currently in terms of grassroots and getting people excited. That's what the Tea Party came from. Right. Um, so with that being said, like, what do you think is like, why is Biden performing so well in places that no one thought he could? Because he right now for this moment in time, Biden was the safest bet. He's old. He's white. He's a little crotchety. Uh, and he doesn't pose the same threats that somebody, uh, an unknown, might pose. No, I don't think anybody poses any threats on the Democratic side. I just think that Biden was the safest bet because he's who the people knew. And that's why he won the primary so easily. Um, black people trusted him. And I, I'm, I'm a progressive black, but um, what we... Progressive black. <laughs> progressive black, yeah. But what we've done, though, is we've allowed white people to kind of co-opt that, that term progressive and stuff. And, we, and the, the bottom line is this, man. Joe Biden spoke to the country. Mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton didn't speak to the country and neither did um, Bernie Sanders. That's why Joe Biden is in this position right now is because he spoke to the country is because he's, That's a good point. he's a seasoned politician. He knows the game inside and out. Um, he knows that if, if, if in this moment of counting votes and stuff, if, if he comes out and acts erratic, what he's going to do is reaffirm the people that he's no different than Donald Trump. And that's the tide he's going to be fighting against his whole presidency, because a lot of people have kind of, you know, like, you know, guys like Ice Cube and stuff like that have kind of already said Joe Biden and Donald Trump are the same person. That is a false narrative. They are not the same person. They are very, very different. And Joe Biden, but Joe Biden can speak to that um, heartland part of Americana the way nobody else can in this moment. I think people gotta understand that Obama won that Rust Belt because of Biden. Right. That's why he picked him. Not solely because of Biden, but he played a very strong part that he allowed middle class white guys to say, all right, I'll give Obama a chance. That's why he had 69 million votes. And I think it's really important to also realize, like you said, he was the safest, the best bet. I thought he was the best bet in 2016, too, because I, I understood, at least looking at society and looking at the world, that you have people who are misogynistic, you know, um, that are afraid of powerful, strong women, which doesn't make much uh, much sense. There, yeah. I tell you right now, some of my best management uh, was women. You know, bottom right. line. Yeah. Um, so on top of that, Hillary Clinton didn't have that that gusto in terms of that energy, and she didn't hit. She didn't energize the base at all. And like you said, I mean, even though their policies between Biden and Hillary Clinton wasn't too far off and they was coming up around the same time. Biden has that stronger connection to Obama. And plus he's always, he's always seemed so sincere. Right. Someone who lost their child, lost now two children and a wife is, you know, that's a guy that understands pain, you know? Right. He, He seems like a regular guy. Um, and, and that's so, so important to realize and I think a big reason why um, he's performing so well is also his coalition, like we're saying, is, is 
different than most coalitions. He has the, you know, the college educated white person, the middle, middle road white person, the working class white person went out to vote in a lot of these places. And most importantly, he has the African American vote. So let's talk about that turnout. If we look at those states that he he's, he just won recently, like the Wisconsin's, the Pennsylvania's, um, and you know you're looking at PA right now. Oh, I'm sorry, just Pennsylvania. And you're looking at Georgia right now. Those main centers of you know where he's winning is coming from where black communities. Man, Atlanta came out, Detroit came out, Milwaukee came out, Philly came out. So it, it kind of like, I think it really speaks to African-Americans and their power um, of the vote. If you give us the ballot, we can make some real change. Um, so why do you think we came out so strong for him? I think because we just saw the nonsense. And we got also mentioned the um, Latinx community, too. Um, they, especially in Arizona right now, it's, it's, that was my, that's the next thing. I don't want to, uh, that's the next thing. Yeah. But I think with the black community right now, I think we're just, um, we're tired of it, man. We, we, we want to feel that we have a politician that we can get a seat at the table with, and it's not going to be just pomp and circumstances. It's not going to be ice cube. It's not going to be Lil Wayne. They can have a seat at the table, but those guys will be preceded by people who know what they're talking about. And that's the problem that Donald Trump has. I haven't, I can't think of one black luminary that this guy's met up with. Like, I, I can't think of one. Every black person he's met up with has been a sycophant. Someone who agrees... Yeah, entertainers who 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 is telling him stuff that he wants to hear. Um, Ice Cube didn't do the whole photo op stuff with them, but he but he fell for the okie doke, man. And there's no escaping that. Um, that is, you, he can live that down, but for right now, this is the moment that that brother is in. Um, and uh, the black community. Basically, we're very pragmatic is what I think it comes down to. Um, and people like I, I don't necessarily believe the polls at the moment because they're just too fresh and new. So I'm waiting until Monday before I finally decide the po- polls. They're saying that 18 percent of black men this time voted for Donald Trump. I, I may or may not believe that, but. Way more black men, this needs to be talked about, way more black men and black women voted for Biden this time around just by sheer numbers than they did for Hillary Clinton. So that's got to be talked about, man. Bigger Um, black women, though. Black women, the lowest percent voted for Trump. So black women have always, you know, uh, carried the weight in terms of the Democratic Party. And their white counterparts, the white women, actually voted um, pretty overwhelmingly for Trump. Um, what fifty six percent? Like you said, it's still fresh, but it's 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 a decent amount. Um, so he won that vote. And, and the crazy thing, we're talking about the Latinx or Hispanics or Latinos, um, different different ways to, to describe, but definitely carried in Nevada, carried in. Arizona and gave a good fighting chance in Texas. 
Bro. Um, and 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 that's important. I, I it goes back to what Malcolm X says: when the minority uh, black votes together, we decide who's in the outhouse, who's in the doghouse, and who's in the White House. And and th- I think this election truly shows that. But what's funny is when you go to Florida, he lost Florida because of the minority vote. If right. you, if you, I mean, not. I mean, don't get me wrong. He he lost a whole lot of when I say he. I'm um, talking about, of, of course possibly the next president of the United States, uh, Joe Biden. I mean, I, I'm looking at Miami. That's where he lost to that. I mean, in Miami during with Hillary, she was getting like 74, 75% of the vote. He made up maybe 56% of the vote. Right. And he ended up losing by much more than Hillary. Hillary lost by maybe like a percent or so. He's losing yeah, so far by what, three to 4%. And, and just a, a quick caveat, you have, um, the president of the United States saying, well, the pollers got it wrong. No, there's a three to 7%, you know, uh, area that it could be wrong. That's what they're saying. Like three or 4% off three to 7% off. And it was true in Florida. They, he, I think Biden was up what, like three, 4%. That's three to 4% error mark. Yeah. And that's where we're at. And, and that's the thing too, is, um, I do, I don't, I'm not one of those people because I, I I'm 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 not a pollster per se, but I I do look at polls and and give my um, perspective to people. Um, I do think that these polls this year were faulty just because of what happened in those Senate races. So what they're what they're going to have to do well, is, is it the Senate race really though? Because I, I want to get on that about that because. I mean, they're polling solely on the presidency. So right. is it just, and I want to get on this real quick before, you know, cause I had that for a later down question, but let's get on this. Um, is it a mandate for Biden or is the, is Trump being refused or repudiated from, from, from people? Like which one do you think it is? Is it a mandate or just, we just tired of Trump repudiation? I think, I think it's a little bit of both, actually, man, because here's the thing. Every oh, so th- there hasn't been much split ticket voting in 2020. Um, I haven't seen much of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, who knows what's going to happen? It had to be, though, the, the with the Senate, with the Senate, with with you got to look at like in states that he, that he won. Like you look at Maine. Oh, yeah. look what happened in Maine, right? Well, yeah, Susan, Susan Collins, right? So, I mean, had to be some type of split. So, well, that's the thing. So this is, this is my theory. And I don't, I, I don't, we, we say black people aren't monoliths. We say um, uh, Latinx people aren't monoliths. MAGAs aren't monoliths either. You know what I'm saying? There are some that, the MAGAs are separated in categories. There are some the the 30% right now that are marching and angry and mad and just believe everything Trump says, those are those kind of MAGAs. There's some MAGAs that just like want to vote for a Republican and are not going to vote for a Democrat. There's some MAGAs that um, just like Donald Trump, even though and, and are aware of all the, the crap and stuff that he spews there's there's some magas that are very cognizant of that but still like him and when he loses they're gonna just go and be like okay the guy lost and then but that 30 percent 
is is the problem right now because they're vocal. They're vocal than the other groups. And I think that's what, like, I think as far as the Senate races are concerned. Um, so, yeah, because Maine did go to, um, it, well, they, they split electors in um, Maine also. So, um, but, um, so I guess that would be a, 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 a split ticket. Um, but I think that um, the bottom line is Trumpism is just not something you can like just fully describe just yet. And there's, and we, and there's still gotta be, I, I, one of the concepts I was reading about a couple weeks ago is there are some people who are having diversity fatigue where they feel like anything, and all it is is privilege, right? But they feel like anything they say or do is under scrutiny and they just don't like um, the fact that they can't be racist anymore. To, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying. So or that be could careless, be part of it, or just be careless with their words. Is is it? I think the biggest thing is that Trump represents the protection of the monarch. You know what I mean? The protection right. of the good old days. The protection of this browning of America. We want to keep our slice of the pie. And even if they don't want to admit it, that's the truth. And another part of it is the evangelicals who kind of have a little bit of keep, keep what's right in our life and to get back to what's right. We want to, you know, control uh, women's bodies, right? Control, you know, if they can get an abortion, not pro-life. Um, but in, in reality, I was telling my wife, you know, they're not pro-life. Um, they're more pro-control. You know, because after that, right. that baby's born, they don't want to give any welfare. <laughs> they don't want to give any yeah. help. <laughs> you know, they might want to end up it's killing like the kid yeah. by the time they're 15, yeah. you know. Um, and They don't care about the, the girl that's giving birth to no. the kid anymore either. No, yeah. not at all. It's, 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 it's a sham. But here's the deal. Um, if you're so pro-life, and this is on another on another tip, He's so pro-life. Why are you? Why are you so for the death penalty? You know, I, I thought all life yeah. is precious. You know, um, so so things to talk about. If you're so pro-life, why 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 are you continue st- continuing to go after governors and wanting to kidnap and kill them? If you're so pro-life, right? Um, but with that being said, when you look at when you look at what's going on um, in in terms of you know not being monolithic and and these different Republicans. I have a theory too. I'm thinking this, man. I think it's a repudiation of extremeness. Let me tell you why. I think people on the people who are looking at the far right and looking at the far left, they don't want either. They want the middle. So the best way to get to middle is get somebody like Biden and split the ticket. So some of these some of these Republicans who are old school Republicans was like, I can't get with this Trump guy is too, too radical, but I don't want to give the Senate over completely to a far life left agenda. So I, I can't do that. Now, I can see Georgia picking up one or two um, senators because both of those senators aren't extremely liberal, far left. They're more moderate sliding towards the left, you know, Here's Joe Biden. They're a little bit 
left more left than Joe Biden, if that makes sense. I can see that happening in Georgia, but I think in other places that's what they were thinking. And I think Amer- I think people in America want to get back to civility. They want to get back to working in the middle somehow. They want to get back to dare say it, Reagan, Clinton, Bush years. I'm not talking about Bush Jr. Bush Jr. where people actually worked across the aisle and got things done. Um, and America's more moderate. Um, I, I think and not so polarizing. I I really see that as being the cause of that split ticket. Um, what do you think yeah. about that? I I agree. Um, and I think that what 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 people on the progressive wing of the party. Um, I I love Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. I do think she needs a little bit of refinement lessons because um, yesterday. Um, I think it was Claire McCaskill on on MSNBC. There was an article where um, Ms. McCaskill gave some kind of criticism in the article. And I haven't read the article, so I don't want to cast any huge disparagement on um, AOC. But the gist was um, you ha- how can someone who lost a race, why are we listening to this person? Um, and that, and then to me, we just progressives just can't have that attitude. McCaskill's also won races too. You know what I'm saying? She's lost, she's won, but she's been there and she's done it before. And people don't want to be felt like they're force fed or some fed fed things. Sometimes you have to ease people into that. Um, I do think the starting points of the discussions do matter. Like I'm not going to we're not starting from go back to your country is isn't racist. That's not a starting point that that that's got to be made clear that that rhetoric will not be tolerate tolerated. But we can at least have discourse about race and what your fears are, what my fears are and come to some kind of um, middle ground. There's a starting point for me also is not I'm not wearing a mask. You're if you're out in public, that is science. You wear your mask to protect other people. But who told him not and that to? Thing, the president of the United that's States. What, that's, the well, that's the thing, too. Well, well, that's what I was telling um, my, my girlfriend um, yesterday. I was like, what, the, what Donald Trump has done, I was like, this mask debate, I think, will go away. What Donald Trump has done is he's cla- he's he's put a cloud of um, anxiety and doubt over people. Um, and as long as he's on television every day um, talking about how stupid masks are, then that's the overarching narrative that the country is receiving. When this guy isn't president anymore. He doesn't have to be covered. His opinion doesn't matter. So that stuff will go away unless the media thinks that, you know, showing Trump doing whatever he's doing is a ratings draw. He's Trump has to be muted on all fronts come January. But what if he's he's got he's got think about this real quick. What if he ends up with his own network? His own Trump news network. Think about this for a second. This is very plausible. Plausible, I'm sorry. Because he's going to have the backing. 
right? He's going to get the views, viewership, definitely. They're just going to leave Fox News and be over there with him, right? Um, that That's the scary part. Um, and when you say he has to be muted, I, I, man, how do we do it? Well, see, I don't, I'm not quite there yet um, because I don't, I do think cable systems consider, you know, like advertisers and people who are going to use whatever, like um, Comcast or Direct TV or whatever and stuff like that. Um, And I don't think a lot of um, networks are going to want to necessarily have provide a Trump network because it can be counterproductive to their bottom line because that's that's kind that's why Bill Maher not Bill Maher Bill O'Reilly got um canceled from Fox News is because all those that sex scandal came out um and it was starting to affect their bottom line his ratings were still great you know what I'm saying so um I don't know I don't know what's going to become of Trump, but we, we, we do need to prepare for him to do anything. It's, it's really just that simple. We got to um, move on from him. Yeah. Ma- the magic stuff not dying. Yeah, I think after a while it may, but that, that vibe, that feeling, that anti, you know, everything that seems correct, like science, like just decency, right? is still there. It was already always there. You saw it in the way they treated uh, President Barack Obama. Um, and the, this this fandom of these flags and these hats and these shirts and uh, everything. It, it, it's, it's, it's crazy the level that they placed him on, almost like he's a god to them. And I think in, in a lot of their minds, this is their last ditch hope to stop the browning of America. To stop people who look like us being in boardrooms or to make true change or having another. You got to think when they saw a president that was black, intelligent, him and his wife both having degrees from from Ivy League schools, like extremely articulate um, and amazing president, even with, you know, of course, of course has flaws, but even with having losing the Senate in the House, still trying to get things done. That was that was painful for them to see. I mean, you get, for some of these people, not saying all oh, Mac. This I'm just, for that was painful for a lot of them to see because you, they've been groomed in the idea that America is their birthplace and their birthright, and to be told now that it's for everyone and you have to share the pie equally to them, you're taking away power, opportunities, and my birthright. This posterity that was promised in, you know, in the Constitution is for me, not you. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that he was that last ditch hope. It's like, okay, he's going to get the job done. He's going to set them so far back and put these people on the Supreme Court and all these judges on the federal courts. And he's going to create policies and things of that nature. Well, he's going his ho- his whole plan, his four years was to take away any and everything that Obama did. Yes, that was just basically what he was there for because he didn't like Obama because Obama was everything that he's not. And I think it's funny, though, because when Obama was on the campaign trail and he was clapping back at, um, on, uh, at Donald Trump this year, 
Oh, Trump wasn't tweeting at him. Um, oh, he got quiet. Take of the country that he might show some interest in taking the job seriously. But it hasn't happened. He hasn't shown any interest in doing the work or helping anybody but himself and his friends or treating the presidency like a reality show that he can use to get attention. And by the way, even then, his TV ratings are, are down. So you know that upsets him. But the thing is, this is not a reality show. This is reality. And the rest of us have had to live with the consequences of him is, is, proving himself Obama is the alpha, if you believe in alpha males and stuff like that. Obama was the alpha in that situation. He, he does, because he knew whatever he tweeted to um, Obama, Obama was going to give it back to him times 10. You know, um, and I, I think it was a smart idea for Obama to wait until now to do it, because if he would have done it from the beginning, it would have gotten old fast and it would have been a situation where it was like, OK, I'm going to let you what, what Obama did was smart. He's like, I'm going to let you talk and tweet your crap. But when when we're in the fourth quarter, you know, I'm, I'm going LeBron James on you. This is the Yeah, I think. I think also with that, that's a good point. I think a really, really important thing to think about that Obama always said the person he wanted to be like after his presidency was Bush Jr. You know, Dub, Big Dub. He wanted to be like him because he's out the way. He's painting, writing books, chilling. And Obama's thinking, okay, I don't want to say anything. He, and, and Bush never said anything negative about Obama. And I think that was his going on. And most presidents never, former presidents never comment on successors. Right. They never do. And Obama wanted to show that I'm I think he wanted to show that I'm giving it a chance to be civil and to show you how a president is supposed to perform a president is supposed to act. But this guy keep digging at me, keep digging at me. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm not going to say nothing. And he knew fourth quarter like you said is right. going to be a chase down block. <laughs> I'm going to take that off the I'm going to take it off the backboard and go coast to coast and dunk it on you. And that's what he did two, three times in a row when he kept coming right, out like yeah. in Philly and Florida. And it was like Dang, every time he got something to say, he's really getting at this guy. And everyone expected, including me, I'm like, okay, what's Trump going to say? But I thought in the back of my head, like, is he really going to say something? Because, like, what can he say? Because he said yeah. everything he could. You're not really born here. You're not right. this. You said everything. You you did a horrible job. Yeah. You're the worst president ever. Well, his approval rating yeah, says something different. I, 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 so, I, like, I think Trump likes being the winner in his orbit. Um D Donald Trump doesn't hate LeBron James or anything like that because LeBron James gets at him a lot. Donald Trump is mad that LeBron James is LeBron James and LeBron James doesn't like him. You know what I'm saying? That's what he's mad at Obama about. Is like he he doesn't necessarily. I don't even think he really hates Obama. It's just he knows that oh Obama is so aspirational and Trump is just not that. It's really that simple. I think also, like, I think he's jealous of the sense of being so beloved. You know what I mean? Like, that, that, that's what he's always, I felt like that's what he's always was seeking in his life, to be accepted, to be well-loved, to be part of the, 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 the strong man crew, to be, be the cool kid on the block. 
And when the when the real cool kid on the block comes through, like a LeBron James or Barack Obama, he shrinks. He's not that's he's he's not that guy. And I, 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 that's what we're seeing. And with that being said, like, what do you think is next for our government? Like, what's next after this? After all this that we went through? Well, the something's going to have to happen to the Supreme Court. I know people are some people are frightened of the term "packing the courts" or something. But if we win those Senate seats in Atlanta, um, or not in Atlanta, in Georgia, in January, we can't have a 6-3 majority on the Supreme Court. We just can't. I can deal with a 5-4 conservative majority. 6-3 um, is just way too much. Um, so something like that has got to be talked about. Um, I think we are going to have to look at, I think if uh, Andrew Yang is one of Biden's cabinet members, we're going to have to take a serious look at that thousand dollars a butt. This is, we, 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 just, Ooh, you, you far left. So I'm just saying, <laughs> we got to, we got to look at something, man, because everything that that well, when guy you say said, thousand dollars a month. Yeah. When you say thousand dollars a month, are you talking about universal income or are you talking about as a boost right now during the pandemic? I think, I think, a boost right now during the pandemic that can possibly transfer out of the pandemic. Cause I just think that the way, the way things went during that pandemic, this pandemic, nobody was prepared for it. And I've read Andrew Yang. Cause I look, man, I wasn't the, like I, I've met Andrew Yang a while ago. Like I, I want to say, like an oh, 06, something like that, um, at, at a symposium he was conducting. Um, and I thought with the stuff he was saying, nice, I didn't start taking him seriously until the pandemic, man, um, where I was like, okay, this, there might be something to this because Americans are going through it right now. So I don't think there's anything wrong with a, um, with a test run of something like that. But I do think we need to do something drastic needs to be done. I do think if you're putting $1,000 a month in people's pockets during that this pandemic, people will shut up. And I think that if you got the right people working in your cabinet, you can make it sustainable. The downside is right now we've got a Republican Senate and they will block most of the things that Biden is going to try to do um, because it's just so polarized right now. I think Biden's, he's the perfect president for that, if that is the case, because he has very strong relationships with Republicans over the years. Being in the Senate for so long and some of his best friends were Republicans that he didn't agree with even doing the funeral for someone who um, seemingly shouldn't have been his friend. Um, but that's the type of guy he is. In terms of like the universal, you know, income, I'm I'm not sold just yet. Personally, I, I got to do. I mean, I can see it, it working for in terms of lower income people and things of that nature to to a certain extent. But I would really like to see a lot of money go into higher education, right? Um, to to guarantee because my whole thing is if you if I teach you how to fish, you never will beg for another fish a day of your life. So if I, if I, my whole thing is, I've always said this for the last, I would say last 15 years, since I was in high school, I always said this. 
if welfare within it would tie in an opportunity for people to to go to school for next to nothing and to get a trade or to get a higher education by the time they're done within two to five years they'll be in a place that will change their life and their whole family's life. Right. That's what education does. Education is the greatest equalizer. If you keep giving me a thousand dollars, cool, that's great. But with that thousand dollars, if you also give me opportunities for education and opportunities for a trade that will create, you know, income or help me become an entrepreneur by giving me better, much better loans, lower interest, you know, and I I know that goes with all what you're probably thinking as well. Yeah. It's just that I, I, I I really would want to first and foremost like focus on that, but also with that thousand dollars, it's important during the pandemic that people get some some money right now because if they had some type of money in their pocket, they wouldn't be out there protesting to go back to work. That's why I'm I'm so big on political infrastructure, and I think what what, what happens with us, and this is why I was so um, disheartened by the stuff um, Ice Cube was doing and all these other rappers is all they were talking about you you just brought up um education and stuff like that we we don't talk about the political infrastructure enough we don't talk about education enough people think about um capitalism in this country and black peoples have have fallen for this for this okie doke about how you climb up the ladder and you will make a certain money. Your your money will be there, and you'll earn your money. And that's capitalism. You you're good at something. You you you're able to parlay that into cash flow. That's great. What we never talk about in the black community, though, is how do you how are you going to hold on to that money? And what I mean by hold on to that money, I mean once you make that money. What are you going to do for for government to not take it from you? How are you going to stop yourself from getting pulled over by the police, getting shot and killed, and the cops going home and eating breakfast later that night? Breonna Taylor. Yeah, go ahead. If I could add this real quick, if I add this real quick, I think it's really important to realize, if you look at the Bush family going to Prescott, these guys got rich, and the very next step they did was got they got themselves into government. Yeah, <laughs> every Bush senior senior went out, and 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 people don't know this or not. He went to Texas. I'm talking about a, a senior. He went to Texas and made it on his on his own. This this is clear. I don't know how much on his own, but he didn't have a big house or none of that stuff. He had a a, a manageable life. And his name helped him a lot. Don't get me wrong. And as soon as he got some money, as soon as his oil company went up and he was doing well, he went to run for Congress. Right. Junior. Soon as he found some success with the baseball team, he's running for governor. So it's, it's a different mindset that they understood capitalism. They also understood service. And they also understood that infrastructure you're talking about. So I, I think with that being said, you know, and, and I was saying what they needed, what we need to do next in our government, you know, shout shouts out to uh shout out to uh Stacey Abrams who's trying to build that infrastructure and 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 make this consistent. And if I could say what's really important um for people of color, BIPOC, black indigenous people of color, to keep this same energy and continue to vote, 
continue to hold them to the fire um and 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 prove that point go after go after what you need and you desire for your community and continue to vote continue to show them because now they now they can see if you really show up what can happen and now you can see if you really show up what can happen and if they're looking at florida the reason why part reason lots florida and miami was of course 55 percent of cubans didn't vote for um biden and and so forth and so on but a lot of african-americans especially males did not vote for Biden either. So imagine if he would have got those, uh, those people, I mean, it would, it would have been done that night. So it's really important for us to remind the democratic party and remember, remind whoever else is out there that if you need our vote and we, we we're provided and save this democracy, we need to make sure that the, this laundry list of things that you promised us and the lift every voice that you make sure my voice is lifted. And if not, when it comes to my voice being lifted again for the vote, it's going to be a different different turnout. That's what's going to happen because everyone's not going to do it for altruistic reasons to go out and vote. People are going out to vote because they desire some type of change that you promise. So with that being said, make sure you deliver or try to deliver your promise in earnest and you can and we should continue to guarantee midterm elections that we'll be out. I know it's too early to talk about, but is it ever too early to talk about that we'll be out there to vote? So yeah, with that being said, man, any last words and where can people find you? All right. So yeah, like you just said, the the, the science of po- politics has deliverables. You know what I'm saying? It's it's what are it's transactional in the sense that you do this, I'll do this. I can get you these voters. What are you going to do for me? And then that's the process. But yeah, so I, I, I agree with everything you said. I'm, I'm real. This conversation has been very therapeutic for me because I've been kind of in the war room for the last three days. I've barely eaten anything. I haven't exercised in the whole week. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just kind of fatigued having to constantly explain things to people. But you can find me at km easy does it on twitter and if you just google uh real power dynamics um that uh podcast um will come up it'll be the first thing that comes up on google and right now what i'm trying to do um with a lot of um black people in the public sector black my, my brothers and sisters is um is um teach about the, the importance of uh, political infrastructure. And what I want to do is um, get real involved, like, because I thought I was going to get a month of detox, but that ain't happening. Um, I want to get real involved in politics at the moment for, and, see, and, and make sure we get those Senate seats in Georgia, because that's going to mean everything to us moving forward, because we will be getting blocked by Mitch McConnell if we don't do anything else. Welcome to another Be Inspired moment. And I want to talk about The Wiz. Over the week um, for Halloween, me and my family, we dressed up as The Wiz of Oz and my son wanted to watch The Wiz. And while watching it, this clip came out, came on and really had me thinking. You are just a little self-confidence and coordination, and you're gonna be fine. 
You mean all this time the only thing standing between hanging up there and living it up down here were those crows? Well, they told you you couldn't do it. And you believed them. Right before that scene, the Scarecrow, Michael Jackson's son, one of my favorite songs, You Can't Win. But when you listen, that's the, the theme song of the crows saying, you can't win, there's no chance for you. And the crows are set there consistently speaking negative to the scarecrow, telling him how dumb he was, telling him how he could not walk, and never allowing him to grow past how they saw him. And Dorothy came and told him, you're just caught up in negative thinking. So it made me realize that sometimes you have to get rid of the crows in your life and bring in a Dorothy to speak some life. Because sometimes the crows are telling us what we can't do because they see what we can be. And they never want us to ever make it there because they're in a place in their life that they know they can't be what you can be. So with that being said, get rid of some of the negative people around your life. Could be friends, families, associates, and bring in some Dorothy, some people that will speak positive to you. They're optimistic and that can see the greatness in you and see that all you need is some confidence and for you to focus in and you can do all things. So with my final thought today, I want to think about this, that this election, hopefully after this will bring us united and prevent the polarization that has been happening and occurring for years in our country. But to think that this election was just about taxes or just about um, red states, blue states and Democrats, Republicans, you will be very incorrect to think that this was a election, as Joe Biden said, about the soul of our nation. This election was really, truly about non-negotiables. Racism is a non-negotiable. Sexism, a non-negotiable. Homophobia, a non-negotiable. Xenophobia, non-negotiable. Women's rights, a non-negotiable. But on the other side of the coin, so many people will try to pick out one little one issue to determine that this is what it's all about. That Joe's Joe Biden's going to raise taxes on people making over four hundred thousand dollars, and it's going to change our economy. I found out this that money's amazing. Of course, we all need money, but I don't think money outweighs love, morality, fairness, equality. None of those things. So that's why you see so many people who are making well over the $400,000 still voting for Joe Biden. Because what they value isn't money, but people. So what do you value? With that being said, have a great day. There's no bad days, only bad moments. You decide. Came a long way, that's what the songs say. And I could do all things, I could do all things, yeah, I could do all things, yeah, yeah. We came a long way, that's what the songs say.